Religion loves Jesus the teacher, is even okay with Jesus the prophet. Religion is not okay with Jesus the breaker of bondage, the transformer of hearts, the savior of nations. Because the real Jesus is the anointed one. He doesn't just have good teachings. He is the, the breaker of bondage. He will transform you. But you got to go after knowing him more. He's worth it. He's worth, he's worth your time. He's worth your life. And there's, there's nothing, this, this city, this nation, the nations of the world are not going to be transformed by a satisfied people. They're going to be transformed by lovesick warriors. Because if he's for us, who can be against us? If the king of the universe and all of his goodness, all of his backing, if all of heaven is for you, is standing behind you, supporting you, how, how could anything succeed against you? How could you fail? We could, we could change the world. That's not just a fun phrase. If you'll give your life to this thing, to the real thing, if you'll find the real Jesus, the one who burns with eyes of fire, if you'll get a real hunger in your belly, there is nothing that can stop you. It costs much, but it's worth the cost. It costs everything. This is the Fire Podcast. I'm going to be reading out of uh, Matthew 6, 25 through 34 to begin with. And so I'll just read this out. Uh, <clears throat> Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to your lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet, I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So the title of my uh, message today is The King's Kingdom. And my goal is to uh, to share that everything we need and everything King Jesus paid for is found in seeking Holy Spirit. Um, we're in this uh, a series called Foundations where um, we're basically taking the foundational truths. And uh, in, in many ways, I don't like to teach something that has an impact on me, but we're ta- I'm taking the foundational truths, and, and Peter spoke a couple weeks ago, but we're taking the foundational truths of things that um, every believer, if they could catch them, it would transform their life. And this was one of those revelations for me that transformed my life. Um, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to jump through this. So starting out the gospel, which literally means good news. Um, we've often been taught, and I'm sure you guys have heard of the gospel of salvation, um, versus the gospel of kingdom. It's like we're, we've, we're oftentimes taught this gospel of salvation, that the gospel is that Christ died in our place uh, on, the, on the cross, was crucified, resurrected, um, went to be in heaven, and he's preparing a place for us. And that's part of the good news. Um, there's the good news of his salvation, uh, but also there's what he taught even before this. So before we're even getting into the gospel of salvation, working into the gospel that he taught first, which is the gospel of kingdom. He was introducing a kingdom. And, and that part of that good news is a king has come. A new king has come. That we're not under this world system anymore. He is here. And so just his, his, uh, his death got our salvation, but his resurrection gave us a new life to walk in. And that's, that's kind of the point here is um, his his the gospel he proclaimed was a gospel of a new kingdom, a new way of doing life that come to earth. So um, Jesus fulfilled 
everything that the law was. So the law was given to expose our need for a savior, expose the fact that we couldn't do everything right. And so he came as the fulfillment of that. And so kind of the, <clears throat> the idea behind this, and we can get into this more next week, um, most likely, is the, the point of that is uh, it's, it's like if you have to have certain qualifications, you need a college, high school degree and a college degree to be in a certain room, to have a certain say or a certain position, a certain job. And it's as if Jesus did all of that for us. He went to high school and college, gave us a certificate and said, now you can be in the room. Uh, and that's basically what he's done. He's he's uh, aligned us again with the Father. Is um, he gave us? Uh, he made us righteous. He aligned us, and we'll talk about that more in a moment. But he aligned us again with the Father, um, so that we could have our heavenly Father and have that connection and know God. Um, and and in this, like, yes, we're going to be in the room in a place that we're not qualified for, except for he makes us qualified. But then he gives us his Holy Spirit so that we can. Uh, pass every test that we can um, we'll know what to say when that we'll know what to do when because he leads us <clears throat> so we're going to focus in on the kingdom and I got a few stories I'm going to share but the kingdom is essentially the king's dominion and um, it's his world it's his atmosphere that's come and so we're a kingdom of whatever you're a citizen of whatever kingdom you're born of. And so we're originally born of this world. Um, the king of this world is the devil because it's been turned, the authority was turned over by Adam and Eve to Satan. And so he's the king, the king of this world. And we were born of this world and we were a citizen of this world. But then Jesus comes and now we're able to be reborn and we're reborn into a kingdom and now we are a citizen of his kingdom, of his way of doing life. And we're no longer subjected to the enemy's way of doing life. Uh, and we're no longer under that authority. <clears throat> so just like Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, like, you must be born again. And we're, we are a three-part being. We're spirit, soul, and body. And, um, and so one of the things that you see is like... Um, Actually, I'm not going to get into all that right now, but the rebirthing process and all and all parts of that and the sanctification process of our spirit, soul, and body. In Mark 1.14, Jesus said, the kingdom is at hand. <clears throat> and so the kingdom, we're, we're going to break down and talk about what the kingdom is, but when the kingdom, the kingdom is at hand, that means you can reach out, you can grab it, you can grab a hold of it, it's here, you can touch it now. Um, it's not this future coming thing, um, the fullness of it, you know, will come with the return of Christ and his, his reign and all that, um, depending on exactly what your eschatology is. But Jesus is returning one way or another. Um, and and he's going to set up his kingdom in fullness. But right now, his kingdom's ever advancing and it's growing and there's nothing that can stop it. So everything is everything in the kingdom's available, uh, but few take a hold of it. And so we daily get to choose which realm we li live out of. And so this is the meat of, my, of the message today is the kingdom is composed of three parts. Romans fourteen seventeen says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And all three of those parts are found in relationship with him. They're found in Holy Spirit. So the kingdom, when we say the kingdom has come, it's really the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's here. And everything, the king's atmosphere, the king's domain, his dominion is found in the person of the Holy Spirit. Is that making sense so far? Okay. So righteousness, um, I think this is, uh, this is important. Uh, righteousness, New Testament righteousness is, is seen in our... Um, it's it's right standing. It's it's justification that we've we've been made righteous. We've been made in right alignment. The word actually it, it um, it's really similar to justification um, or to, to justify. Like even on Microsoft Word, when you justify the words, you line them up. Um, it's a it's an alignment with heaven. It's a a proper order. Things are being put in proper order, proper alignment, and so. 
Um, when we were made righteous, we were now brought into right relationship, right alignment with the Father. And, and the way I like to explain this, and uh, many have heard me say this over and over again, is it's like water pipes. If your water pipes are not aligned, the water is not going to get to its intended target. It's going to spill everywhere. It's, it's not going to get where it needs to go. If, you're, if the pipes are aligned or two cups and you're pouring water, the water will get to its intended target. And so Jesus made us righteous with the Father so that everything the Father has for us in that relationship is available. Um, but then we get this choice. And so we the, the choice is, is pretty crazy. Just like we're no longer sinners, we're saints. But, and we have this decision, do we want to live out of that? And we talked about orphans a couple weeks ago. And like, we're, we're now sons, but we can live out of this. Uh, we can live out of orphanhood. We can live contrary to our, na- our new nature. Uh, in the same way, we are in right alignment with the Father um, and we're in alignment with heaven, but we can choose situationally how we live. And so I, it's, it's, uh, I call it positional righteousness for situational righteousness. Positionally, we are, we are the righteousness of Christ. Um, and we've been made right with the Father. Situationally, every situation, we have a decision. Do we live in alignment with what God says and with his ways, or do we live in the way we want to? Do we live out of this world's alignment? Do we live out of this realm? So this is more than, I know righteousness is often used um, as a, people use it synonymous with holiness, righteousness and holiness. And um, they go hand in hand oftentimes, but we use it as this almost more this idea of not sinning. And that's true. Like when you're in alignment with him, you choose not to sin. But that's not the point. It's not your lack of sin that makes you righteous. It's what Jesus did that makes you righteous. And it's the connection to the Father that makes it less desirable to sin. It makes you walk away from those things. Um, Just like holiness is actually a protection of relationship. It's not just all the things you don't do. It's actually like, I'm not, there's certain things I don't do just to protect this relationship. And some of those are going to be personal convictions. And some of those are biblical convictions. Um, But they're things to protect the relationship with God. Things I'm going to do or not do. And so, um, I just realized I didn't pray. Um, Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence here. Thank you, God. I just ask you, Lord, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be here. Let this, let this message sink in deep to our hearts. God, this is one of those things that if we get it, it changes everything. So even me, as I speak, God, I just ask that there's a fresh Oh, there you are. There's a fresh, fresh revelation of this. That there's a fresh revelation of your kingdom, of what it means to live out of righteousness, peace, and joy, found in the person of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we want to know you. We need to know you. We need you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. So this is about more than, more than just abstaining from sin. This is about living in his ways. We only get his results when we walk in his ways. And so much of the church, um, we've found ourselves doing other things and being frustrated that we're not getting the results that are in the Bible, but we're not walking in the very ways that he taught us to walk. And so that's what this is about. Righteousness is is about that right alignment. I want to walk. It's Amos 3.3. How can two walk together if they can't agree to meet? We can't expect the things of God when we haven't even come into agreement with him to walk with him hand in hand. And he has his own opinions. He's king. And his opinions are higher than ours. And he has ways he wants to do things. And he has ways that he set up the universe to run. And we can fight against that. We'll never get the results of the kingdom until we align with him, till we come into agreement with him. And so I just, I challenge you even just read Proverbs with a new understanding of righteousness. Um, read through it, like Proverbs 28, 1, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. 
the wicked, wicked means twisted up. And so it's not even necessarily evil. It can be, but it means twisted up. There's things out of alignment. Your heart is twisted up. The way you're doing things is twisted. It's contorted. It's wrong. Those whose hearts are in that place, that they flee when no one even is pursuing them. But the righteous, those who are walking hand in hand with God, are as bold as lions. It's just like what we were singing. Like everything is easy in his presence. When he's with us, where we're walking hand in hand with him, things are easy. And we can tell when we're not walking hand in hand with him when we start to do it out of our own strength. When we start to experience the fear, the anxiety, all those things. So confidence is found in his presence. And that's what self-righteousness is. You know, self-righteousness is when we attempt to do things in our own strength and in our own ways to align ourselves with God. And so there's there's a lot of times as believers we do things to 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 provide our own righteousness outside of what Jesus already provided. That there's uh, levels of sorrow we feel like we have to go through before we can be uh, in, in alignment or before he can forgive us when we mess up. That we have to go through a, a, you know, a few days of shame or um, we have to feel really bad about it or, or you know those sorts of things. And so that's what self-righteousness is. That's why it's so wrong. Because we can't... we. The, the law proved to us we couldn't do it ourselves or was supposed to, but we don't pay attention to that. And we still are trying to do something that Jesus already did. I personally, I believe that the two parts of the kingdom that, that, um, cause the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. I believe peace and joy flow out of the first one, out of being righteous, out of living out of that place of righteousness that you'll, that peace and joy flow out of that place. And it's holistic. So spirit, soul, and body. We talked about spirit, soul, and body, and I, I didn't get into all that, but I will say this. like, It's righteousness, peace, and joy for your spirit, for your soul, and for your body. And so there's this one story. We uh, were invited to go speak at a, it was a youth camp, and um, a group of us went. Um, Milko was there. And uh, I shared this message, which I thought was like one of my best messages. <laughs> Um, and they did not care at all. These kids like didn't care, didn't get anything out of it, weren't even paying attention. And at the end, we're like, okay, well, if you need prayer, come on up, like especially healing. And we had all these kids line up. It's one of only two times I've seen 100% healing. Every single kid that came up got healed of what they asked for prayer for. And um, down to like kids with braces, um, like ankle braces or casts and stuff like that. Um, but this one girl came up and one of the things I noticed that day is like, there was a lot of fear, like fear and anxiety were like almost every single kid was dealing with fear and anxiety. Were you there for that? Okay. And, um, anyways, so this girl comes up and 15, I think she's 15 years old, 15 year old girl. And she comes up, and first we prayed. She had a, uh, uh, a foot cast on, like, the plastic ones that Velcro. And she had had an injury and then, like, got better most of the way and then re-injured it and stuff. And, and so she had this thing on. And so we pray for her. And, like, she clearly had a lot of fear and anxiety and stuff she was dealing with, too. But we pray for her, and uh, she immediately just starts taking the thing off and, like, stomping and jumping and was completely healed. And... Uh, and so I was like, you know, we were excited about that, obviously. And we're like, is there anything, anything else you need prayer for? And that's when the true thing she needed prayer for really came out. And she starts opening up about how afraid she is because she was having abdominal pain. And when she was a child, she had had a surgery where they, like a baby, they went in through her, 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 her toddler or something, but they went through her belly button to deal with something um, internal. And uh, she hadn't had any issues, but recently started having pain again. And she was had all this fear and anxiety that she was going to have to get surgery. And um, in the process of that, she says, she makes a comment about, you know, and I don't have a belly button. 
We're like, what? And she's like, yeah, when they sewed it back up, it actually, the skin grew over. And she pulled up her shirt and showed us, like, the skin had grown. It was a little dip, but she didn't have a belly button. And um, anyway, so we, we go to pray for her. And um, uh, my wife and I, we both hear God say separately. We didn't know this, at, like, we didn't say this out loud. Um, we found out afterwards, but God told both of us after we command the pain away and said there wasn't going to be any surgery um, to command a belly button to grow. And I, I totally chickened out. She totally chickened out. And, um, and so afterwards we, we pray for this girl and then she's like feeling around and she goes, oh! and I go, what? And she's like, Oh, never mind. And, um, and we're like, what's going on? And she's like, I, I thought a belly button, my belly button was growing back. And, uh, in that moment, and then she was like, but all the pain's gone. But in that moment, my heart sank. And I, I looked at her and I was like, do you want do you want God to give you a belly button? And she looked at us and she's like, yeah, I do. And, um, and my heart sank because I realized, one, uh, I was limiting God. Like God was actually telling us to do something. And I had every excuse in my head why not to pray for that. Because, uh, you know, I don't want to embarrass her and this and that. Like all the things all these excuses that are totally pointless and they don't mean anything to him. And, um, and then I realized how much the father cares about this 15 year old girl that like, I was thinking like, Oh, 15 year old girl without a belly button. Like I can think about how she feels about her body and like how she, and I was like, okay, do you want us to pray for that? And she said, yeah. And, um, is I mean, it definitely wasn't by our faith. Cause I, I did not, um, I was just, I was more, uh, I felt how weighty that was that I was going to pass that up. And, um, and we pray for her again and she feels in a, a, her belly button had grown. She lifts up her shirt and is showing us and it, like legitimately the skin had gone back in and formed a belly button, which we don't need. It's just decoration, um, at this point, you know? Uh, but the father cared enough to give this 15 year old girl a belly button because it meant something to her. And I just realized like that was one of those moments where everything, it was, it was, it was not just body. It was, that was her, her soul, her mind, will and emotions needed healed too. Like there was a deeper thing. God wanted to bring her in total alignment. And it's just like, you know, we hear in the gospels, the different times when, he says, uh, the kingdom has come upon you. The kingdom has come near you. And it's like the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy came upon this girl. The Holy Ghost came upon this girl to make all things right. Not just heal her foot, but to, to heal her belly button, to heal her, her, uh, her insecurities. Um, it's so beautiful. And so, you know, with righteousness, if you've ever felt, have you ever felt disconnected from somebody like where you feel disconnected from a friend, somebody you love? And it's like, as, as time goes on, like a week goes by and like, you're just like, oh, we should talk. And then two weeks go by and it's like, I wonder if something's up and three weeks go by and it's like, you know, they probably are upset at me. And then four weeks go by, you start building a case in your mind against them and like why they're wrong. And, um, basically, uh, you start like in your heart creating room for that relationship to end because you haven't talked. And then you talk to them and it was like nothing changed. And it was like nothing was going on and you built this whole case in your mind. Oftentimes it's like that with Holy Spirit. It's, it's like that with God where we get in this place where <clears throat> a lack of righteousness in a situational righteousness where we're not staying in alignment, we're not staying in communication, in relationship with Him. We start to feel that distance and we can start to in our mind, build a case typically not against him, but against us. Like, oh, maybe I did something wrong. Maybe, you know, and we start to build in our mind reasons why he's distant. And really, he's just looking for us to just turn our hearts back to him again. And he's right there. Um, and that righteousness can happen in a moment. That, that like, the situational righteousness, that realignment can happen in a moment. It doesn't take a week. It doesn't take a 40-day fast. It can just be turning your affections back towards him. So the next one is peace. So Isaiah 26, 3. 
says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And the you there is God. So God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on God because he trusts in God. So when we trust in God, he keeps us in perfect peace. When we put our mind on him, he keeps us in perfect peace. So in the Old Testament, peace oftentimes is shalom, which is a, it's a completeness, a tranquility. It can mean health, it can mean welfare, it can mean prosperity. Um, it's, a, it's a holistic peace that comes and affects every element of your life. In the New Testament, there's this word used often uh, for healing or deliverance or different things, um, sozo. And it means saved, healed, delivered. Um, different occasions call for different parts of that, obviously, but it also speaks to the holistic work of Holy Spirit. You see this often with Jesus that, you know, your sins are forgiven. Uh, like, you know, the guy who's, who's, who's crippled, they lower him, uh, they lower him through the roof. Your sins are forgiven. Um, he, he pinpoints the very thing that will unravel even their physical healing, um, that will unravel everything that needs to happen. Um, it's just so beautiful how Jesus does that. And it's not that we always have to be in, in healing ministry and stuff. It's not that we always have to figure out what's the thing so we can pull that one cord and it all unravels. Holy Spirit does that. Sometimes he'll tell us what it is. Sometimes he'll just do it. But he knows exactly where to touch and, and what to heal to unlock somebody uh, and to free them. And so, um, and, and, and peace is... Uh, Peace is one of the most valuable things we have. People, um, I remember Bobby Connor talking about confronting witches. And, uh, you know, he, he would say to them, like, this this one lady was picking up people off the ground. She was moving her hand and people were getting thrown. And he said he said to her something like, you have, you have power, but you don't have peace. And that's what broke her. is because in all of her sacrifice and all the things she had done to gain that power, she had never found peace for her soul. And so what we have is a valuable commodity. I worked at a car lot and, um, I was, I was basically working for one car lot doing wholesale sales. And then we partnered with a car lot doing retail sales. And I got a prophetic word for the, the, um, the owner of the other business. I was working for wholesale for the, I got a word for the one who was doing retail. And I basically get sent him a text to him, a prophetic word of here's where your business is at. Here's what's happening. Like stuff that wasn't disclosed, um, that Holy spirit told me. And I said, and this is what God is speaking to you in this. Like, if you do these things, he'll rescue you out of this mess. And so he calls me in and is basically like, how'd you know that? Like, I haven't told people that. And, um, and I was just, I felt like I could be very open with him. And I started talking to him about God. And as I did, like the presence of God tangibly was in the room and I didn't, I didn't say anything about that. And, um, he's asking me all these questions and asking me like, are demons real and all this? Cause he's having these experiences and he's, uh, he's got a Sri, Sri Lankan background. And so there's certain beliefs and things in Hinduism and all this stuff. And, um, he's asking me all these questions, essentially asked me to join his team as well. And so I ended up like helping manage a lot of their finances and, and all this stuff on, on his team. Well, a, a couple, like a week or two go by and he like, something crazy is going on. There's just so much craziness. And he's like, Hey, can you take a drive with me? And I'm like, sure. And so we get in the car and he's like, can you, can you do that again? Like the way that you talked to me that one day, can we talk again? Because like this peace came and he's like, I need that peace. And so I prayed for him right there and the peace came again and he was able to think straight again. And, uh, that happened multiple times until I was just, I would just tell him, I was like, this is the Holy spirit. You can invite him. You can ask him. And I wish I could say that he got radically saved and all this stuff or that he even listened <laughs> to what God said. And he, he didn't the whole thing. He did the opposite and the whole thing bankrupt. Um, but, uh, he kept experiencing the peace of God and I was so valuable to him that he was paying me a lot of money to basically just be there to bring peace. And uh, I end up in the place where I was like just doing random tasks and stuff for him, but making good money as the company was going bankrupt. He was paying me really well with money he didn't have, but it was because of the peace that I brought just being there. And uh, obviously it's not me, but it's just having the kingdom, the king, the atmosphere, of the king was there because one of his sent ones was there. And that's, that's what we carry. 
And so, like I mentioned, Luke 10, uh, 9, um, Jesus said, heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. It says this idea of the, even the sick, like the, the atmosphere of heaven, you've experienced this, the kingdom that is here. That's different than the kingdom of this world, the kingdom you've been living under where you have to be anxious and you have to look out for yourself and fight for what you have and, and always be in competition with other people. You don't have to live in that kingdom anymore because this kingdom is here. There's a new way of living. There's a peace that you don't have to fight for that he'll give you. Um, when his, when that kingdom touches us, our bodies come into alignment. Our, our spirits come into alignment. Our mind, will, and emotions come into alignment. And then we get to decide if we're going to live out of that. Just like the guy I mentioned, he had a decision. What am I going to do with this? Philippians 4, 6 or 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. His peace, he gives us a peace that passes human understanding. And this is something that I constantly have to remind myself of when I want answers, is oftentimes he calls us to things that will require a peace that will surpass our human understanding. And we want the understanding, but the thing is, a lot of times if we go after the understanding, we're giving up the peace. (laughs) We're giving up his peace because we're wanting intellectual peace. And he's saying, hey, I'm going to give you peace that makes no sense. You're not going to understand what's going on. You're not going to understand how it's going to work, but I'm going to give you peace and I'm going to be with you. And that's worth more than the intellectual peace any day. And then in Matthew 5, 9, blessed are those who make peace. They will be called the sons of God. When you have peace, you can make peace. When you carry that peace, you can, you can distribute that peace. Jesus said, leave your peace when you go. He, he actually gave them a peace that, was, that wasn't just a nice phrase. It was something tangible they could leave when they go. And so we can't give what we don't possess. And that's why we must abide in, in Holy Spirit and just walk in this relationship with him. In fact, peace and joy um, are fruits of relationship with Holy Spirit in Galatians. So it's literally the fruit that develops out of our life from abiding in him peace and joy. Um, so joy, <clears throat> joy is like peace. It's not circumstantial and it's, you know, happiness is, is circumstantial. It's something great is happening. My mood is elevated. I'm emotionally happy. Um, joy is very different. Joy is uh, like spiritual joy is prophetic in nature and um, it's, it's actually pulling happiness from another time, from another realm. Jesus, uh, Hebrews 12, two says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of God, hand of the throne of God. So it says, um, the, the joy set before him because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross. We were the joy set before him. So he actually was pulling from another realm, from the happiness of being able to be connected with us forever. He was seeing our faces and that's what actually helped him and propelled him to endure the cross was seeing your face, was knowing that you would be made right with the father, that he could, he could turn back to the father and say, look at the ones I brought you that, that joy propelled him and empowered him to keep going. Um, Joy often looks like gladness and thankfulness for what he is, uh, for who he is and what he is doing. And so joy, we can begin to pull happiness from the time that our prayers will be answered, from the time that the promise will be fulfilled. Um, we We can pull from that happiness into now and thankfulness and gladness can bubble out of us, even though what we're wanting hasn't happened, even though it hasn't manifested yet. We can, we can pull from that. Another way of saying this is joy is freedom for your soul. 
this is something God just started talking to me about is joy is freedom for your soul. So joy, uh, fr- uh, your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Joy is actually freedom for your mind, will, and emotions. So you can be free from, uh, from anxiety, from fear, from all these things. It's just this, this total freedom that even in the midst of craziness, even in the midst of things that make no sense, you can have this joy that surpasses human understanding and frees your mind, will, and emotions from being uh, in bondage to this world, to the circumstances, to the atmosphere. Does that make sense? Um, I, I, uh, I had this, I, I went through this, this tough time where we were in ministry and um, had a bunch of people betray us and just a lot of heartache and all this stuff. People we really, we loved dearly, had held really close and spent a lot of our time with. And um, it was such a, a hard, traumatic time that I had a, I had real difficulty keeping my heart open to loving people because we had just like loved so much to have those people then turn and try to actually, actually try to destroy our lives. It was beyond just like I'm walking away. It was like they tried to destroy us. And um, I was not able to keep my heart in a good place in that. My heart hardened and was hurting and I was still in ministry and trying to do that. And I ended up in this place where I started having suicidal, what I call suicidal fantasies. Um, I would lay in bed at night and just think about how joyous it would be to die, to kill myself and just be done. I would pull into our garage and shut the garage without shutting off the car, just not even thinking about it. The garage door would be going down. And I was like, oh, I should just take a nap. You know, like those were the thoughts This happened for several weeks we were married and I'm telling her and I'm telling people in my life, I'm like, this is going on, but it wasn't, it wasn't making it stop. Um, I was, I, my soul, especially with my mind, will and emotions were in in bondage and deep oppression to this thing. And, um, I mean, suicidal thoughts and all that, it's a demon. Like it's, it's such a demon, like no, no living thing, fantasizes about killing itself like that's totally demonic and and you get in that place and you feel like it's the only option i mean luckily i knew god enough that i'm like this isn't the only option but it feels everything all my feelings my the world everything that feels real to me right now says this is the only way that i'm going to find peace and um i'll never forget this is such an example of joy being freedom for for your soul is um we had a speaker in and uh, they weren't being funny or anything like that. They were, um, it was at our other church. I was sitting, I think, second row, maybe, first or second row. And I got hit with joy and laughing uncontrollably, shaking. I pushed several rows of chairs back, ended up on the ground laughing hysterically, looking like a crazy person. People were, people were offended by it. We, uh, I had at least one person call me because I was on staff. And they're like, hey, why did you guys let that person disrupt you know, disrupt the service and all that. Like that was out of order. And I'm like, well, that was me. (laughs) So let me explain it to you. And I explained to them, I was like, what you didn't see is, you know, you were just hearing the disruption and all that. But I was like, that was the Holy Spirit freeing me. And I hadn't, I haven't dealt with anything since that moment. It completely broke the bondage of all that and, and freed my heart. And that's the power of joy. Um, which is so interesting that we just don't in the church don't like joy. And it's like one of the things we need the most. <laughs> I remember it. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was so loud. <laughs> I mean, I was literally convulsing and pushing chairs back too. Like it was, it was a whole thing. Something similar happened. Um, we are in Youngstown at Victory, um, Victory Church in Youngstown. And George and Banoff was sharing the gospel and like it wasn't funny at all and there were like five or six of us that got thrown like I out of nowhere well first off they started laughing and I'm like looking at them like don't be those people we're in an auditorium <laughs> like 1500 people he's like sharing this like you know intense gospel message and they're just giggling uh, my whole like all the people I'm with and I'm like please stop it please stop it like I don't know these people and then the Holy Spirit hit hit me too, but all of us got thrown sideways, like two or three rows and end up on a pile. And, uh, well, actually, so he stops before that happens. He stops. I start laughing too. And I'm like, I don't like people who do this. Why is this happening? And, um, 
And we were the ministry team there. We were there to pray for people. And uh, he stops and he goes, that's God. Like what's happening, there's God and this whole room needs it. Like in the middle of his gospel presentation. And when he says that, that's when the Holy Spirit hit us. And we end up like in a pile, got thrown. And then it hit the whole room. And a bunch of healings happened. And, uh, it was just wild. But it was like, it was funny because I was so offended by the very joy God was trying to give me. Just like that. It's a religious demon. Um, but yeah, so James 1, 2 through 3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing in your faith produces perseverance. So in this, like, consider it pure joy, knowing, because it's, it's looking ahead, knowing, like, oh, I prophetically, I can see what's happening from this. Like, that's a whole different realm, and that's something only, you can mentally try to do that, but that's something only Holy Spirit can really do for you, is, is begin to show you, like, ah, oh, I see where this is going. And, um, I, I mean, I definitely, personally, um, I personally have not done well with that at, uh, often, but there's been those times when somebody attacks us, somebody's, uh, you know, talking bad about us, or something happens, and it's like, something begins to rise up on the inside of me where I'm like, Oh, this is good. Like I, I can see this sucks in the moment. I can still, it's not that I don't feel the human emotions here. Like I can feel the human emotions, but I can tell where this is going. And I know, um, one of the things that I've, I've walked through the process enough is I know when people attack us and things like that, or misunderstand or try to shut down what we're doing. If we walk humbly in that, and just go low and, and just keep our face to the ground and just worship <laughs> and keep our hearts in a place that we love people. Like I just know the promotion on the other side of that. And so now it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, I can see where this is going. Like, you know, they, they may not understand. And it's kind of what Jesus said, you know, with the, the Roman soldiers and stuff killing him. And it's like, Hey, they don't, they don't even know what they're doing. Uh, so they don't know. They might be being used by the devil, but I can see what, how God's going to turn all things for the good of those who love him. I can see where he's taking this. I can see the fruit that this is going to produce if I keep my heart in the right place. Um, so that's the power of joy. Um, that's how joy, that, that experience with the suicidal thing so transformed me and just seeing joy unlock. I saw that happen with another couple that had just lost a baby. Um, and I saw them get hit with joy. It was like a week out from them losing their child. Uh, they lost a baby in the womb. And I remember seeing them just laughing uncontrollably and, uh, and finding out what was happening, like that they were being freed from the weight of all. It's not that they don't miss their child and the side, you know, all that, but like the, bondage the way that the enemy comes in those moments and just does everything he can to try to shut you down to destroy you and push you away from god the joy of the holy spirit the kingdom came upon them it was like nope we're gonna clear that out like i'll be in this with you it's so beautiful okay so we're gonna read matthew 6 again this is, we're going to land on seeking here. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. 
Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So part of my story is when I um, really encountered Holy Spirit, I was going, I was all in, going after everything he had. But a lot of people in my life didn't understand that. I ended up homeless, all this stuff. I ended up staying in somebody's basement. Um, we're seeing miracles, but people thought I was on a cult, <laughs> all the fun stuff. And uh, I lost everything. I lost, I, I had a car. Um, I won't get into all that, but I lost my car. I lost a place to live. I lost friends, like family, everything, all in the season. And I just remember just crying out to God saying, all I want is you. Like, I still, I love those people, but all I really want is you. I want to know you. And uh, I was getting to the point where I only had a few dollars. So I had to, I had to spread out my money and I was living off of uh, ramen noodles, the, the little packs, the chicken ones. And I would, uh, I would eat one every other day. That's how I was surviving. And um, I remember just getting frustrated about that. And I was also getting to the point I'd walk upstairs and start to black out and stuff. And then I read this scripture and I read, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And this is like in response to don't worry about what you wear. Don't worry about what you'll eat. Like the father knows you have these needs. And oftentimes, and this is what I was doing. I was seeking first those things like, Hey, where am I getting food? Where is this? And, and I was still like seeking God, but as far as those things, like those, those things in that place in my life and the, the taking care of my needs, I still felt like I was in control of that. Like I have to figure this out. And I read this verse and I was like, Oh, the reason those things aren't working out is because I flipped it. I'm seeking first the needs and I need to seek you and trust you with the needs. And so I, I flipped that. I said, God, I'm, if this is true and I believe it is, I want to experience this. I, I'm going to trust you to come through. Uh, and you said, don't worry about what I, what I'll eat. So I just ask you, bring me food. And I was like, but if it's in your heart, could you get me Chipotle? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I'm not even joking. The next day, somebody calls me. I was like, Hey, if you can walk to Chipotle and meet me there, I'll buy you Chipotle. And that started to happen every day for like seven days straight. I, every day somebody was like, Hey, want to come to Chipotle? I'll buy. And like, <laughs> It just over and over and over again to the point I was like, okay, God, I'm getting it. You you provide the food. Can I have something other than Chipotle? <laughs> like, it's just, I, I'm getting it. Um, and so it's not that since that point I've always done it perfect, but that's become something I can I consistently have to remind myself of that testimony and get back to the place of like, he can do it in any moment. Um, he can he can take care of those needs. Those that's his job. It's, it's not my job to figure out everything. I'm going to do the best. If he gives me something, I'm going to steward it the best I possibly know how. But it's his job to give it to me. It's his job to be the source. And I can't be the source. And so to seek, it says seek first the kingdom. Well, to seek means to search for. And so it, it, if we're searching for something, that means you're not doing nothing. It's not a passive, seeking is not passive. It's not, um, I think our old pastor used to say something like, uh, seeking is like when you lose the remote control to the TV, like you're, you're looking everywhere, you're looking under the cushions, you're looking around the house with toddlers. I mean, the other day we lost the keys. We were searching everywhere. Really, it was just my wife um, <laughs> that lost them. But we were thinking they did something and we're searching everywhere for the keys because we're like, we got to leave. Um that's seeking. That's seeking, and that there's an there's an urgency. There's a uh, an active participation in seeking the kingdom that is righteousness, peace, and joy. That's found in the person of Holy Spirit. So we're seeking the kingdom. We're seeking Him, and it's found in that I'm gonna search for for Him. Yeah. And uh, and and there's a searching with aggression. Matthew eleven twelve says, "From the days of John the Baptist until the kingdom of heaven." Until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And so there's something about those. 
says since the days of John the Baptist. So John the Baptist was actually one of the first to violently pursue and begin to, to shake things and pull on the kingdom of God. And you see this with like the woman with the issue of blood who grabs a hold of the hem of his garment in the midst of a crowd. And she, that was a violent seeking of, I've, I've just got to get a hold of him. And it's, it's such an interesting imagery that she would grab a hold of him. And then also Jesus is teaching the kingdoms at hand that you can just grab a hold of it. We can grab a hold of the Holy Spirit um, and, and everything he is. And we can, that's it. There's a seeking that comes. Um, so the kingdom is found in seeking. And oftentimes, um, I mean, just just in this scripture, provision is a, is the you know is the example. Um, a lot of times, we're I've met a lot of people who are frustrated that they're not seeing the provision of God in, in their life. They're like, "Where is it? I read it in the Bible, but where is it?" But they're not walking in the way of the Lord that's laid out here to seek first His kingdom. And so it's like, how do we seek first His kingdom? Like. We walk in his ways. We do things his way. And there's certain things he's He's called us to. Like one of them is, uh, one of the ways of the Lord is Sabbath rest. Like he created for six days and rested on the seventh. And that's something as a team, like we've committed to living on a Sabbath. Like there's one day a week that we'll hang out with people and things that give us life, but we'll not work. We, we don't do church stuff. We're not doing personal business, like any of those sorts of things. Like it's just a time to rest and we're, we're trusting him and we could work seven days a week and, and not trust him with our time, but instead setting aside that day, it's just like the tithe. It's I'm going to give out of, out of this, trusting that you can do more in my life with 90% and me giving you 10 than I could do with the full hundred percent. I, you could do more with me with uh, in six days than I could do with seven days. And it's, it's that way of just trusting the Lord. That's part of seeking first is I'm going to do things with you your way um, and not try to do things with you my way. And whatever has our attention has our seek. And this is going to be with like communion on Friday. Like one of the big things we're going to focus on is getting people's eyes off themselves and getting their eyes off their problem. It's the second our eyes get on Jesus that everything we need can come that everything he has for us. If, if we can get people's eyes on him on, on Friday, uh, they'll, they'll get delivered. They'll get saved. They'll get healed. They'll encounter him. Um, but as long as their eyes are on us or on their problem or on themselves, on their emotions, on their circumstances, um, that's what has their attention. That's what has their seek. And that's what they're going to find is more of that. One last story. I was uh, praying for somebody. I think this was at the Simply Jesus conference, but it was in another room. I was praying for this beautiful Indian lady, older lady, and she had a growth. I believe the the issue is like vague in my mind now because it wasn't about the issue. Um, but she had this growth on her neck. I'm pretty sure that's what was going on. I might be wrong about that. But I remember we were praying and praying and nothing was happening. And um, it was myself and our friend Avery. And there was one point I was just like, God, what's going on? And I literally uh, I literally had given the same message I'm going to do on Friday um, right before that, which is just this, like, get your eyes on Jesus message. And I remember just like, okay, God, I need to just get my eyes on you. Right now I'm just, like, sitting here and, like, going after this. I'm going into... Um, muscle memory, you know, like spiritual muscle memory, like, oh, this is how I pray. This is how, you know, and I was like, I just need to get my eyes on you. And so I just like closed my eyes and just like started to focus on Jesus. And I opened my eyes and she had her head down. And when she looked up, it was him. I saw his, I saw the face of Jesus and I like fell out right there. And, um, I remember Avery afterwards, like, what happened? Because <laughs> we were, like, praying for this lady, and I just, like, fall out out of nowhere. But I was, like, when I got my face turned towards him, it was, like, I saw her, or I saw him in her. And it was, I don't even know how to explain it. And she got healed in that moment. But it was, like, the moment I got my eyes off of 
even her issue and all that, or my like typical way of doing ministry and just focused in on him, I saw him and then she gets healed. That's why I can't remember what it, I'm pretty sure it was a growth on her neck, but whatever it was, it was gone in a moment after praying and praying and praying. And um, that really impacted, and I shared it with him, uh, with my friend Avery at the time, and it really impacted him as well. And it, it just reminded me of the like, hey, when you did this, when you fed me, when you clothed me, you gave me a glass of water, when I, you know, all that, when you visited me in prison, it was like one of those moments. It was like, oh, we were getting to just love on Jesus in that moment. And when my heart got to that place, and it kind of is like where we've headed with everything. Like everything we do, um, we exist as a church for Jesus to get everything he paid for in our lives, our families, our, our city, the nations of the world, because he's worth it. And it was like a piece of that. It was like, this isn't even about her and this situation. Like, Jesus is worthy. It was like when my heart turned to that place, I'm just like, Jesus, you're worthy of this. I just, I want to see you in this moment. She gets healed. When my seek turned towards her, I sought the kingdom and she, we got a kingdom result. You can't seek him and and face your problem at the same time. You can't sit, seek him and focus on the issue. And whatever you find when you seek, you can release to others. So in closing, um, one of our values is wholeness. And just Jesus is worthy of our wholeness. We believe that. And that's not just physical wholeness or spiritual wholeness. It's emotional. It's relational. It's financial. Like, we actually believe he's worthy of it all. And because he's worthy of our total wholeness, it's worth not just living with things or just, you know, having our, our pet demons that we're like, oh, well, I just, you know, it's my cross to bear, my thorn in my flesh. Like, we don't make excuses for it. Jesus paid for it. He's worthy of it. So even if it seems small, let's go after it. And uh, let's let's see him get everything he paid for in our individual lives. That's a that's a value of our church. And um, even if it's something like, oh, I have allergies or whatever, it's like, why live with anything that he already paid for? And there's also no condemnation still having it. Um, man, like, I feel like we've seen here recently, we've started seeing more and more people where we've, contended for things that we're not seeing the immediate in the moment, but now we're seeing the restoration. Um, like I had mentioned the guy in the hospital who was, they didn't think he was going to live. Like things weren't going well. I got into the hospital. Um, I think I mentioned that the last time you guys were here about getting to go pray for that guy in the hospital. It was like the night before or something like that. And, uh, that next day was the first day he stabilized out of a week and a half. And uh, now they're talking about his journey of healing and expecting him to live and all this stuff. And like, so we're still going after other things. But that moment was a shift. Like there was a change. And then we just got word from the ministry school we spoke at. Um, I'm trying to remember what the girl had. I think it was a thyroid issue, but she was pregnant. And because it was a thyroid issue, there were, had a lot of concerns around the baby and the baby being okay. Um, I don't understand the correlation there, but there was a correlation. And she asked us to pray. Didn't, I didn't feel anything in the moment. It didn't seem like anything happened. We just got word that since then, all of her numbers have, have been dropping and shifting. Um, and it's just, it's amazing. And somebody else just you know posted on Instagram and stuff about the journey of healing with them and just contending with them. Um, I'm just, it's worth it. It's worth it. I think a lot of people stop short at it didn't happen in the moment. And then especially with people who go after healing, it's easier sometimes to keep your faith and just kind of move on to the next one and forget that and have a short memory. But there's something about being in the, that place with people and going after it. And it's worth, he's worthy of all of it. So let's just cons consistently contend and, and go for this. So let's just take a moment and um, let's just ask him what areas we need righteousness, peace, and joy. And just ask Holy Spirit and let's just seek him for a moment. And then I want to pray for you as well. Yeah, I got your email. Um, but I think we should pray for that as well. And um, it will be in the journey. Yeah. Yeah, so Holy Spirit, let's ask you right now. Speak to us. In what areas in our life are you desiring wholeness?
What areas need righteousness, peace, and joy? Thanks for listening to this episode of The Fire Podcast with Ryan Rhodes. Fire Movement has a mission to bring people face-to-face with the real Jesus. If you love this show and ministry, please consider subscribing, leaving a five-star rating, and most importantly, sharing the podcast with others on social media. Also, would you please consider one-time or monthly support to help us sustain and grow this show so that others can be stirred to hunger for more of the real Jesus? You can do so by going to firemovement.com support, Venmo at firemovement, or cash app dollar sign fire movement. Thank you.